This is Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast, recorded Friday, April 5, 2013. This time on UCAP, sitting poolside at Jeb's Hidden River Home for Wayward Airmen, we preview what we're looking forward to at next week's Sun and Fun 2013. We're visited in the hangar by Sun and Fun President John Light's leanouts, and surprise, surprise, the towers aren't closing this week after all. All this and more on Uncontrolled Airspace, flying without a list. Clear. But it's just airplanes, so it's not... It's not really no this is this is the best seat now. It's, it's got a runway in the front yard. <laughs> so who would have thought this story could get weirder? All right, suddenly out of the blue, so to speak, today the FAA releases a press release that uh, Jeb, tell us what they're going to do. I would take issue with that statement. Which what? They didn't reverse. They just delayed. I, I, did I say reverse? I didn't mean to say reverse. Jeb, what did they say? What did the FAA well, say today? I don't have today? it in front of me. Let's, maybe we should, you know, get... They announced that they were postponing the closure right. of all those contract towers that have made congressmen yeah. innumerable apoplectic the FAA until did, June. The FAA today put out a press release saying that uh, the contract tower um, uh, process has been postponed, mm-hmm. delayed, postponed, rescheduled um, from... Uh, we're doing this on Friday the 5th, and they were going to start on Sunday the 7th. That doesn't mean we have to postpone making fun of this, does it? No, it doesn't. I think the time is probably right. Um, there were going to be three, basically three staggered closures uh, across the country beginning April 17, and then I think every two weeks thereafter. April 7. So I'm sorry, April weekend. 7, starting this, this yeah. Sunday. We're supposed to, yeah, this and, weekend. And every two weeks after that, there are going to be three closures. Um, of 149 contract towers around the country. Today, the FAA puts out this press release saying all this is going to be postponed, delayed, rescheduled for no later than, no earlier than, I should say, June 5. June 15. Was it 15? Yeah, I think it was 15. And why? Well, we all know that ridicule delayed is ridicule denied. So, no, all kidding aside, this is, was there any warning? Did we get any hint? I'm not aware of any warning. Yeah. And, Um, And... you know, this is something I follow. I'm sure Dave's been following this. Hasn't been any discussion in any of the, any of the resources I've seen. I've been a little bit out of the loop here lately uh, for a couple of reasons, but I didn't miss this. Well, there's been quite a number of municipalities and localities that have filed lawsuits to stop the scheduled closures. There's been... And what were the grounds to of- call it an uproar would probably be an injustice to uproar from every member of Congress in every district that has an an impacted airport. Nobody wants this in their backyard, although most of the guys that are protesting voted for it. Uh, So, and the FAA's been criticized, and I can't weigh the value of that, uh, but been criticized for doing this rather than cutting this, that, or another thing that is probably being cut anyway. Uh, so the long and the short of it is there's been a mild reprieve, and it looks like there'll be controllers in the tower at Sun and Fun. Well, I guess that was going to happen anyways. Um, but uh, It was, but the, I think who pays the bill now just changed. Well, we'll see about that. But uh, as a matter of fact, we're going to be talking a little bit later on to uh, to uh, 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 
someone who might know. Well, no, I'm trying to decide whether I was going to be mysterious about this, but I won't be. Um, we're going to be joined by, in the uh, virtual hangar in a few minutes by uh, the president and CEO of Sun and Fun Flying. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, how cool. Yeah, I know. And uh, and uh, we're going to ask him about that kind of stuff, so we'll see what he has to say. He but... didn't tell us that. Yeah, okay. Who, who let him in? I'm going to put on better shirt. Yeah, I know. Um, I'm going to start locking the front door. So, Jeb would have shaved. <laughs> no, 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 no. Let's not go there. Um, so, uh, well, maybe this is the time where I'll jump in here and uh, I'll, I'll open up the right window. Well, my... we, have we have we disposed of this topic? Well, I, mean... I, I thought there would be more to it, but maybe there's not. I mean, so does this mean they're not going to close the towers? Or does That's this... what it means. In no, I mean and... ever or? No. No. Yeah. no. no. It doesn't mean that they're going to close them on the originally announced schedule. Whether they stick with the newly announced schedule. Well, 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 we'll tell you when we get to the newly announced dates. Well, here's my question, though. If, if this was something they had to do under law, um, that we've, that everything we've been told here for the last couple of months, that FAA has to close these towers for sequestration, what they're not telling us is how they can stay open. Well, but what, they, what has well, changed? Here's, here's what we've been told. We've been told that closing the towers was a solution to a mandate to cut so much money out of this year's spending, this year being fiscal year 2013, which ends at the end of September. Correct. Not at the end of December. So this was one of the FAA's solutions to meeting that cost-cutting goal. This doesn't uh, reprieve them. Is that the right word? From having to meet that cut target. Right. Well, I think it just so. means that they may find another place for some of the reductions. Because I, here's my expectation, and this is as blue sky as the Florida weather outside, that we'll have a new list before the June cutoff date comes, and it will be somewhat reduced from the list that we saw a couple of weeks ago. Mm, that's, that's a safe prediction. And they'll announce some cuts in some other areas that will allow them to reach the total cut required by the sequester law. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the end of the fiscal year, without closing all 149 right. towers well, I, that are on the... And I think there's going to be two lists, at least two lists now, because the FAA is going to come back with a perhaps new list of the ones that they're no longer going to fund. And then separately, there will be a list of those that are going to be funded by some alternate mean. Right. Well, right. there was another interesting wrinkle today that's been kind of overshadowed by the postponement announcement. Yeah. And that was an Associated Press story looking at the parameters that were used to select the 149 towers for closure. And APs research and reporting contends that the data used... Right were based on figures from 30 years ago and that most of these towers are still open despite not meeting the 30-year-ago requirements, let alone today's requirements. That may be the key. You're right. That story floated this morning on AP, and this afternoon FAA puts out their release. Duh. There wouldn't be a cause and effect there. No. Well, there may not be a cause and effect, but they may be... Both the effect of this press the same release was cause. yeah. This yeah, press yeah. release was in the works when they knew the AP well, was working it, on the story. That that plus this decision was not made by Ray LaHood. Right, but here's the deal: the FAA supposedly decides on towers openings and closings based on traffic data and safety data and it's all. Thirty this years stuff. old. Huh? 
Great. And in reality, it's based on earmarks by Congress and pressure mm-hmm. by Congress and pressure by locals on congressmen. And the funny thing is the, the hue and cry that we've heard from some of the alphabet groups runs counter to their very frequent objections to new towers being opened as unnecessary imposition on the freedom of the pilots there to fly. You picked right up on that also. Yeah. yeah. So... While the uh, conflicts and hypocrisy are running in both directions in equal velocity, you just try to keep your head above water and not drown in the blowing snow. (laughs) Mixed metaphor. That's the title. And and, and with that, welcome, folks. Welcome, folks. To Uncontrolled Airspace, the General Aviation Podcast. Uh, I'm Jack Hodgson, and I'm sitting here today with two of my good friends. This is a very unusual episode of Uncontrolled Airspace. It's one of the less than a half dozen per year where we all sit face-to-face and uh, and uh, around the same table and uh, talk. And we're all wearing masks. Yeah, no, 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 but, well, no, never mind. Well, Dave, you can take yours off anytime you wish. <laughs> yeah. we're, uh, I'm sitting here with my two good friends. Let's first start to do this. Uh, Dave Higdon's here. How you doing, Dave? David, normally from Wichita, Kansas. Normally uh, Wichita, sitting here at uh, a di- undisclosed location near Sarasota, Florida. I, you know, and I don't know what he's always talking about the weather. The weather's not so special here. I was talking about blue sky. Yeah, I know. No, the weather's really special anyway, here. Yeah, we're having a great time. We're here in preparation for and on the run up to that annual spring launch of the air show and fly-in season called Sun and Fun. Yeah, so did you have an adventure on the uh, airlines getting here? You, you, you've arrived somewhat late last evening. and uh, Yeah, well, it, it, was a, uh, it, w- it was an interesting, uh, interesting delay. It was not for the usual, well, crew scheduling or weather or the crew that takes this airplane is on a flight that's delayed coming in. It was because the airline in Mexico changed equipment that had been pre-cleared and once it arrived in Orlando had to be re-cleared by the fine folks at the Transportation Security Administration for which we are eternally grateful for getting us out on same day service. Yeah. Yeah. So so welcome to town. It's I, I like should dry cleaning, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we roll into the current hacienda in the wee hours of the morning only to have Mr. Hodgson up and say Good to see you alive. I'm going back to bed. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what I said. It was three qu- quarter past three in the morning, and I heard. I and uh, I'm wandering around, and I'm like trying to pretend to be sociable and you know hospitable. You know, and, if, uh, if Jack you hadn't been here, you might have heard a shotgun rack. Yeah, right. So. So you pointed me toward the scotch, gave me a glass, uh-huh. and said, "You're on your own from here." That's right. That's right. And I somehow knew you'd be able to take care of yourself in this regard. Well, with that kind of help, I mean, if I can't find my way. Uh, I don't think there's an aeronautic chart that's going to help me out. You can lead a horse to water. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and our oh-so-gracious host, Jeb Burnside, is also here with us. And uh, still... And, and, and questioning his judgment every minute. Still and always some, from somewhere just near Sarasota, Florida. In, in awe. Is, 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 yeah. Just in awe. Yeah. How you doing, Jeb? I'm fine. Yeah? Um, been a rocky week. Yeah, you're recovering from being a little bit under the weather. Yeah, yeah. We're still uh, not 100%. But yeah. we'll, we'll get through this podcast just fine. Yeah. No, we will. And you uh, sound a lot better than a few days ago. Uh, now, this is an interesting moment in time because it, this is 
in the seven years we've been doing this podcast, I think this is the only time that we all, in the past week, have experienced the uh, the the warm embrace of the airline. The that's, wonders that's of the true. human mailing tube. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Because right. you you flew in last night, David. I flew in a couple of days ago. You were in Las Vegas uh-huh. for a few days for uh-huh. for business. Right. And uh, how I, was I, your your experience with? It the wasn't airlines? all that bad. I did two things uh, fortuitous. One um, got nonstop flights. Mm-hmm. Out of Tampa That's to, wonderful. to Las Vegas, so I didn't have to change planes. Once I get aboard, once I sit down, it's pretty much going to put me at the other end of where I need to be. Uh, yeah. So that was smart thing one. Smart thing two was was choosing Southwest. Um, I, I couldn't agree more. I think you know, Southwest sometimes gets a bad rep. I yeah, think it's I, a nice I, airline. They do too. They get a bad rep, uh, but all the other airlines get bad reps. Now, all of that having been said, my flight out. I was three and a half hours late pushing back. That's not good. That's and, not good. And, and a lot and of I, people who were going to try to change planes in Las Vegas missed their connections, yep. had to take some other route or, or stay in Tampa that night or do something completely different than their, what their plans had been. So that sucks. Yeah. Uh, it sucks to be them. It's, it would suck if I had been that. Yeah. Now, you were in Las Vegas. You had one of, one of my patented hotel rooms. You were overlooking the airport? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I was overlooking McCarran. I was in the MGM Grand mm-hmm. overlooking the airport. Um, I was there for the um, uh, Aircraft Electronics Association show. One AEA. of my favorite groups. Yeah, one of my favorite groups also. Uh, had a uh, week Full long. disclosure, you guys like work for them Full from time disclosure, to time. we we work for AEA that from time to time. has nothing to do with I'm it. sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, they had their annual international convention mm-hmm. out there uh, this last week in, in Las Vegas. Had a great time. Had, uh, um, I think they set a record on attendance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Close to it, if not. Um, well attended. Uh, everybody seemed upbeat. Very uh, uh, optimistic about the industry. The news that came out of there was uh-huh. uh, actually pretty strong. Yeah. Yeah? Like what? Give me an example of, of uh, a, a notable news story from AEA convention. Well, Universal had some new tricks up their sleeve. Yeah. Uh, Garmin also uh, um, brought some new things to the table. Yeah. Garmin and, had some uh, new things. Aspen Ab- had Ab- some new things. Avidine introduced a new Avidine had uh, some new things. Map, all map in all, I think there were like 25 or 26. 27. 27. All, you know, yeah, some of these are the ballpark. You know, 27 new product in, uh, announcements and introductions. Um, some of them are avionic shop specific, like uh, test equipment. P- pedostatic testing yeah. rig, things like that. That's funny. That's my age. Yeah, new, new components for... Uh, um, interior installations in uh, higher-end business aircraft, mm-hmm. things like this. Yeah. All of which is, A, interesting, B, useful, and, and C, newsworthy. Yeah. Uh, bringing, uh, it's, it's really cool to see this technology and how it's be- the Wi-Fi technology specifically and how it's being employed in some of these higher-end aircraft. Um, and if, you, if you've looked at all at... And this isn't an ad, but if Brad Hayden wants to call us and talk about it, uh, but if you look at the number of participants and the uh, extent of things that you can do with Aspen's connected panel Mm -hmm. system, and if you're a person who likes things like iPads, tablets, Kindles, 
you, you, you find a lot to like there if you've got their equipment because it just brings an amazing amount of capability to the cockpit. Boy, Before we move on. off of AEA, uh, what's this number? Six billion two hundred seventy-nine million three hundred seventeen thousand one hundred ninety-four. Well, they're cr- and fifty-four cents. That's my favorite part. Yeah, I love it. Down and fifty-four to the penny. cents. What's that number? The Aircraft Electronics Association, which represents the people that make the avionics, people that put the avionics in your airplanes, and people who maintain it, uh, and they do this on an international basis. Mm-hmm. They. Uh, spent some time, money, and effort uh, in the last year to quantify the value of the avionics market that their members are a part of. Mm-hmm. And this number that you quoted, $6 billion plus dollars, is a low number in my view because it represents input from only 19 participants. Okay. And there's a lot more in the market than that. So, but they probably represent a very large percentage mm-hmm. of the total of the avionics market. But this is for new equipment, upgraded equipment, uh, retrofit stuff. Uh, that's quite a significant number when you think about it, the aviation in general, not just general aviation, but right. the airlines, business aviation, GA, that the avionics, the electronics, the, the, uh, the, the work, the installation, the hardware, the software by itself – is a major market, yeah. six mm-hmm. billion plus and growing. A couple of things. First of all, it's primarily Western numbers, Western world numbers, because um, manufacturers might might be operating in, in putting avionics in indigenous aircraft in in uh, Asia, um, in South America, uh, aren't really included here. Although certainly stuff yeah. going into Embraer is is included. Um, so, yeah, and as Dave correctly points out, not all of the industry is being counted in this. This is the first go-around. No one's ever done this before. And, and hats off to AEA for, for um, well, that, putting the investment forward. That's the kind to, of leadership that I've exactly. come to expect out of uh, Paula Dirks mm-hmm. and, and, and uh, Deborah and Rick Perry. Uh-huh. And this, and it's one of the smartest-run little trade associations in the industry. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and it's funny, not funny and ha-ha, but interesting to me that this is one of the most influential trade associations you'll barely find inside the Beltway. It's, it, it's right. It's right. Yeah, they're, one, they're of the, one of the most influential you've never heard of. Independence, Missouri, and they have an office and a rep in the form of one young uh, Rick Perry, a motorcycle maniac of some considerable experience. Now, some people, though, might be familiar with the Yellow Book, right? They make the Yellow Book. Is that this the same organization? Is this the organization that produces the yellow yes, the, 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 source book? Or each whatever year at Oshkosh, um, it's not out until Oshkosh. It won't be at Sun and Fun this year, although they'll have last year's at Sun and Fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the uh, Pilot's Guide to Avionics. Mm-hmm. It's a yellow uh, plastic spiral-bound book. It's free. Uh, pick up at their booth at Oshkosh. You can also get it online once it's available. It's probably... Past issues are probably available if now. If they've got online. any copies left, there's yeah. few, and, but uh, it's not too late. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a good reference for anybody who, any pilot, I should say, who uh, uh, is interested in learning more about the, the avionics they fly behind and what's available on the market. So. Yeah, cool. Then anybody, if, if somebody starts and gets one, they'll find it really useful to start to build a collection because a lot of the reference materials vary from year to year. But most of it stays contemporary for several years. 
Right. No, no, that's, yeah. So, uh, so AEA is quite a sharp outfit. Monty Mitchell, spring child, yeah. or the late Monty Mitchell, and in good hands now. And this is one of the URLs that you guys give at the end of the episode. So uh, That would be www.aea.net. There you go. Hey, so uh, we're all, the reason we're all face-to-face here um, is that we're all getting ready, as you mentioned, getting ready to go to Sun and Fun. Um, so what are we looking forward to before, you know, I mean, is this going to be just another Sun and Fun, or is there anything special? or ah, Where to start? Oh. Uh, just name one thing that you think is going to be, you know, that you're looking forward to seeing or checking out or I'm revisiting. I'm or... checking out the new operations and changes at Paradise City. Yeah. I have one thing well, that's on my mind that I just want to say to, to Dave Schaubetter. Yeah. And that is, dude, you can never have too much lube. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Am I going to have to cut that out? What, I don't understand what that means. I'm looking forward to air show waffles. Schaubetter knows exactly what I'm talking about. So I can leave this in and I'm not going to like... I don't know. If you don't know what I'm talking about, Schaubetter does. All right. All right, Dave Schalbetter, of course, is our buddy, the uh, the head guy at uh, the chairman at Sun and Fun Radio, and long time uh, chairman. Well, the guy that created Sun, the guy that created Sun and Fun Radio. Yeah. Speaking of so, speaking of Sun and Fun Radio, uh, we are going to be there again. We're going to be doing uh, as we've done for a number are of years we? now. Yep, we're going to do two full blown, uh, full hour long episodes. They must have forgotten about last year. Uh, we're going to do them um, live on Sun and Fun Statue Radio. Statute of limitations. Yeah, and I'm just going to try and plow on through Short-term here. Short term memory loss. <laughs> and uh, so we're going to do one on Tuesday evening at, I believe, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Let me write that down. And then we're going to do another one on Sunday. We're going to do, we've been, In the past, we've been doing it around 10 or 10.30 in the morning. We're going to do it a little bit later this year. I believe we're doing it at 12.30 um, Eastern Time. Uh, and well, uh, that'll run us right up to the beginning of this sh- air show. Yeah, something like that, I think. And maybe that's the reason. So we'll be doing those uh, on Sunday Fun Radio. So if you're in the area, you can listen on the uh, radio frequency. Um, and if you're not in the area or if you have some sort of proper device, you can listen to it on the internet stream, which is at uh, liveatc.net slash snf. And uh, not only listen to us, you can listen to all of Sun and Fun Radio on the stream there throughout the week. And uh, as a matter of fact, I think they're streaming right now. I think stop this, by. They've begun. Wave. Throw and candy. stop by, and, and we'll be out on the deck there doing the uh, doing the show on Tuesday evening and Sunday noontime. Um, so really, so what else are we looking for? So Paradise City, I agree. I, I'm looking forward to seeing what they've done at Paradise City and to see this new yeah. community, this new, bigger, kind of more vibrant, you know, flying all day long who, who, kind who of community. Who could we ask about that? What else are we looking forward to? What's, uh, you're going to buy some oil. You always buy oil, Jeb. You know, now that you mention it. Yeah, I'm telling you. a couple of cases of oil. I'm going to get my cameras cleaned by the Nikon guys. And the Nikon. Oh, and Bose has a deal. If you bring in one of their headsets... They'll clean it up, inspect it, put it all back together oh, for really? you during the show for free. That's kind of cool. Yeah, That's I'm going to take cool. I'm going to take them up on yeah. that. Uh, any other uh, any new airplanes we've heard about? Any announcements? Pre announcements? Uh, uh, I've got a I've got a, a, doing a some gig flying a modification of an old uh, well not old but an existing kit airplane that I'm looking really forward to because mm. I flew this airplane several years ago for one of the magazines out there. And the airplane impressed the hell out of me at the time with its short field and low, slow flight capabilities. And they've done some things to make it even shorter and slower. So I'll be prepared to talk Normally about those. Normally that's not things you look forward to. What? Normally shorter and slower is not what you look forward to. <laughs> okay, that I am going to have you know, to cut out. <laughs> the slower part never got any complaints from that. Uh, time out. All right. 
Uh, all right then. So as far as the shorter part, I'd have to defer to your judgment. I think I think it's definitely time to take a break here. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna talk to the president and CEO of the Sun and Fun Flying, John Lights Leanouts. Ten hut. The members of the Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast are appearing as private individuals. Their comments do not necessarily reflect the views of the various organizations they work with. What are you looking at? Also, anything you hear on this podcast that sounds like advice on aircraft operation is obviously very general. You should always remember your training, consider your situation, and fly the aircraft. Now drop and give me 20. Down what? Down. We here at the Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast are very grateful for the financial support we receive from our listeners. For information on how you can make a donation to this podcast, see the Uncontrolled Airspace homepage and the box in the right-hand column labeled Tip Jar. It doesn't need to be very much. Just 10 or $15 over the span of a year is a big help. Thank you. We're joined now by a first-time visitor to our virtual hangar. Uh, welcome to the president and CEO of the Sun and Fun Fly-In, John Lights Leanouts is with us. Uh, good morning, John. How you doing? I'm doing fabulous. Thanks very much for having me on. It's a beautiful day. Great. Hey, so I'm a little bit uncertain what I should call you. Should I call you John or Lights or Mr. Leanouts or what should I, what are you comfortable with? Well, you can call, you can call me Jay, you can call me Ray J, you can call me RJ, but don't okay. call me late for dinner. Uh, most people call me Lunt. Uh, okay. That's been around for about uh, 40 plus years. All right, then. Um, if that's all right, then that's what I'll do. So uh, we're, we're recording this on a Friday afternoon, uh, about four days before the beginning of the uh, 2013 Sun and Fun Fly-In, and I would imagine that there are all kinds of crazy uh, preparations going on over there. Can you tell us a little bit about what the uh, kind of activity level is on the grounds? Oh, buddy. It, uh, it is reminiscent of the great gold rush of the 1800s as they raced into California to find that nugget of precious gold. And the, uh, the high, the, all the, the uh, roads were filled with wagon trains and tents were going up. And right now I've got a, uh, it looks like a, it looks like a, I've got Boomtown, USA. Uh, just two days ago it was flat land, quiet and peaceful. And today I've got a city going up out there getting ready to handle over 200,000 people. So what's, uh, for those of us who have been to the fly-in in the past, what's new going to be new for us this year? Well, I'll tell you what. Um, there's a couple of things that are really interesting. Uh, we listened to our customer on what they wanted and what uh, would make them happy. And who is our number one customer? Our number one customer is the aviation enthusiast. So what do they want? Well, that, that enthusiast wants to be able this is called a fly-in, right? And, oh, by the way, we're a fly-in convention. And, yes, we do have an air show at the end of it. So the majority of the people wanted to have time to fly in, get together with their friends, look at other aircraft, and then shop around at all the newest products from all the manufacturers of everything from aircraft to engines to batteries to tires to plexiglass canopies to flight controls to Garmin uh, nav systems, uh, you name it, propellers. So we want to give them time to do that. So what are you going to see different this year? I got about a hundred new exhibitor vendors coming in for the first time to Sun and Fun. We pushed our air show back till three in the afternoon. It goes from three to six local, and that gives more time for the aviation enthusiasts to fly in, spend the day, fly out if they don't want to see an air show, or stay for the air show, and then stay for the night evening activities, which encompasses several different uh, locations where people can get together and enjoy a libation and a little music. 
and tell stories around a fire pit or some steel, steel drum music and then fly out the next day. And our vendors wanted to have more time with the exhibit or vendors exhibitors wanted more time with our aviation customers, so we gave it to them by cutting the jet noise down to the very last of the air show, which goes from about 5.30 to 6. So we've uh, pushed the air show back, added more time, and oh, by the way, the biggest complaint that I've had is that it costs too much to go to Sun and Fun. And I said, well, guys, I'll tell you what, I'm going to trump you on that one. I'm going to test you. I dropped for the first time in the history of Sun and Fun we dropped the rate for a pilot and the people in the aircraft to fly into Sun and Fun. Really? From $37, it went from 37 per person to 25 bucks per person. $25. That's terrific. So yeah. they, they, they said they want to fly in, they want to look at airplanes, they want to do it cheap. I said, done, done, and done. So let's see if they come out and if they follow through on they being the, uh, the aviation community. On answering their, I responded to them. Let's see if they respond to us. Lights, Dave Higdon. My first trips to Sun and Fun and all my early years it were wrapped up in what's now called Paradise City. Uh, it started out the ultralight area, and it actually had a paved runway for a while. Uh, and since they moved it to Paradise City, there's been this little deterioration, I think, in activity over here. But I've heard a lot of stuff from Dave Piper and Dan Johnson and others that uh, you guys have made some serious changes to Paradise City that are going to make it a lot more interesting to visit this year. Yes, sir. Uh, the reality is that that's the response, uh, once again, to customer uh, requests, that they wanted to have uh, an environment that they could see the newest uh, technology that's the most inexpensive to get into. In the past, it was ultralight. The, uh, the life of the ultralight, though it's still active in that community, is not as it's waned quite a bit but the up-and-coming organization of the light sport, because obviously with just a, uh, a driver's license and about 20 hours of flying, you can get yourself a, uh, a pilot license. So our goal is to, uh, to showcase that area, and to do that, I had to make it more vibrant. And to do that, make it more vibrant, then I had to uh, get out there and do a little uh, restructuring of the concept of the ultralight area. So what do we do? We went out there and we added, uh, with the help of the airport, a paved road that will take everybody from the main entrance right into Paradise City. Um, we asked the vendors, the exhibitors, if they would like to go down there and, and, co and cohabitate as a group rather than being separated uh, from the southeast exhibit area over to the Paradise City. So they all decided to go down there. And then I said, you know what? If you guys will go down there, I'm going to go one step further. Let's fly all day, all day long for ultralight and light sport and gyrocopters all flying together from sunup to sundown. And you said, well, how can you do that? You've got an air show going on. Well, we worked it out that the air show will not interfere with the south field operations, and the air show goes on the north side. So if you don't want to watch the air show and you want to come get in a, you do a test flight, in a Zodiac or uh, in, in a Diamond or whatever, a Breezer, then by golly, go do it. And it's there all, the only time we got to shut it down is if I had a uh, military jet team, which, oh, that's, that's right, they're not coming this year because the federal government shut them down. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> Sounds so fantastic. Guess what? Our boys and, yeah, the hard boys and girls get to, to fly all day long down there, and it's going to be filled with more I think we got 40 more vendors down there than we've ever had that are down down there show off their uh, their new products. So 
Uh, and we're also putting food down there and uh, a lot of other entertaining stuff that should make that a fun place to be in, some night activities. I think the uh, the Bahamas group is putting a party on down there on Wednesday night. Oh, so very cool. There's, it, it's going to be a fun place. And everywhere you go this year in on the Sun and Fun campus, when the, when the flying is done and the sun goes down, the other part of the great aviation mystique is the ability to get together with the with people to share the same enthusiasm and and swap stories and and you know what a lot of young people love that and a lot of old people like to share and what better way to do it than around a campfire because now we got our fire hub in the campground we've got a uh, a hoedown uh, area that's going to be right uh, just east of the campground and then I've got a uh, vintage hospitality in the vintage area with steel drum music and margaritas and uh, lawn chairs and tiki huts, and then uh, we've got the the uh, you sold and then down in the- you sold us life. <laughs> uh, this is Jeff Burnside. Let me ask you something though. This is your this is your second son and fun, isn't it? Yes, it's the second one that I have had the uh, honor of being on the team. So uh, this is about my thirty thirty second as a just Joe Bubba coming okay. into town. That that that's that's a very good distinction. I appreciate that. What do you know now that you would wish you'd known on day one of your first year? Um, what I wish I'd have known day one was, uh, well, I'm going to be very candid here. I wish I would have understood the lackadaisical culture of Sun and Fun towards their fiduciary responsibilities. Oh, really? And I, I walked in the door thinking that this was just like a corporation that I'm familiar with. I'd served 28 years in the Navy and 11 years with Northrop, and every dime was accounted for every day. There was no, there was everything had a purpose. Everybody had a mission. Everybody was accountable. And I assumed that to be the case here. Turned out not to be. Uh, It wasn't malicious, and it wasn't because there weren't good people. It's just the culture had developed into a one of it's not my problem and I don't really worry where the money comes from. It's always been there. Well, as I soon found out, it always was there because they kept going back to the bank. Um, they were not wisely managing every facet of the sun and fun experience. Well, what- so after that, after that first year, I figured it out <laughs> uh, and I first, first, first six or seven months. And since then, we ha- we are we are rapidly changing the culture uh, to become good stewards of the gifts that people give us. And, I, and I'm referring to financial gifts that sponsors give us to ensure that it goes where it's supposed to go. And that's to just basically cover our operational costs sure. and then go into the educational programs for kids. That's what it was designed to do. We weren't doing a very good job of it. What other changes have you implemented uh, in, in response to that first day? Well, I, uh, you know, I, I, I could, people would say, well, you learn to appreciate volunteers. And, and I guess I, I did maybe a little more, but not so much because I was a volunteer for years, not here. And I just knew how valuable the volunteer force was. Uh, I guess, if anything, I've, I've become more attached to them because I know them more each, each year that I, I live and work with them. Um, so I also understand that I didn't under, I didn't understand in the beginning how little they did, didn't know. Huh. And mm-hmm. I've made it, I've made it a cause of my own, my own missionary work 
to tell them everything that's going on at the Sun and Fun headquarters, that they're part of it. They need to have as much ownership as we do. Yeah, they volunteer, and they're not getting paid to do it, but, buddy, they give their precious time and for any dollar I could give them. Mm-hmm. Well, let me tell you what. If they're going to do that, I owe them the open kimono truth, and I tell them that every time we get together. Smart. So they know exactly where we're staying and what we're doing and why we're doing it. And I take input from them. So, you know, that's been a change that I, they, they, they have never seen that before. So now they have ownership because they know the whole story. Lights, this is Jack again. Um, there's been a fair amount of, I don't know how to characterize it, anxiety over recent weeks uh, regarding the uh, tower closure subject. And I know you guys have done a lot of work on this subject, and of course there was news today to kind of make the whole thing even a little bit more crazy. But um, wh- what would you tell people to reassure them that the airspace around uh, Lakeland Linder is going to be as safe as ever? I can tell you right now that uh, to any person that flies or even thinking about flying in, it's going to be the same as it's been for uh, the last couple of decades with the fine quality FAA controllers that have always been there. Same guys, Joe, Jim, Larry, Harry, Sam, and Tom are all going to be in the tower doing exactly what they've always done in the past. No one will see a difference. The only difference, the only difference between this year and all the previous years is at the end of the day, I got to stroke a check for $285,000. Yeah. So... That's the only difference. Are you you still going to have to do that this year? Um, As we we mentioned earlier, um, the FAA announced this afternoon that it's extending the closure dates. Um, Yeah, I'd love to tell you that that that, that was compatible with uh, sending FAA controllers down here uh, for this special event. The two are separate entities, and they were not given off the financial authority to do that. So uh, you got to understand... I am 100% thrilled that the FAA itself has decided to send those fine men and women down here to control our aircraft. It's just disappointing that the federal government forced them to not allow them to be at at their discretion, that it had to be out of our pockets. And and let me tell you something else about that, though. This is a good story. The, The federal government created a really ugly problem for us. And they did it at the 13th hour, if you will. I, I couldn't even find. I mean, there was there's great air traffic controllers out there that would gladly have done this for free, but I can't get to them fast enough, get them organized, trained, and in that tower. So it would have been an injustice to the flying public to do that. Right. Uh, we'll address that next year. But this year, the problem the federal government threw upon us, thrust upon us, stuck down our throats, was the fact that they were not going to financially support that group of flying controllers. Well, the good news that came out of that, just like in every American story, guess who came together? The local community. So the city of Lakeland with the Lakelander Airport, the state of Florida, Polk County, which we reside in, all rallied around us. We sat together, put our heads together, and said, we've got to figure a way to make this financially work, because I guarantee you, Sun and Fun doesn't have that money in the bank. Not supposed to, ain't going to have it. So it was going to have to come from, from somewhere. So we have the Florida Restaurant and Lodging Association stepped up to a $125,000 check. They've already stroked it. So that's going into Lakeland Linder Airport because they will get Lights, I'm going to have to eat out two or three extra times this trip. (laughs) Yes, sir, you will, and we'd appreciate that. (laughs) We got got Visit Florida helping us. We got the state helping us. The city's going to step up and help us. 
So the community is rallying around a problem that the federal government created. That sounds great. Uh, it's Jack again. Um, so many of us know that you had a very illustrious career as a naval aviator. Um, did you learn how to fly in the Navy or before that? No, I was, uh, I was just like all the other young kids back in the 50s and 60s. I was enamored with every time an airplane flew by, I looked up and just dreamt about doing it. And when I got into college, uh, and I was paying my own way at the time, I found out there's a thing called a guaranteed student loan. And I had, was at a school that had an aviation program, and you could get college credit for flight training. And I thought, well, that's where, those, that's where I need to put those guaranteed student loan dollars. So uh, for 800 bucks, I got my private and my commercial and, and uh, certified flight instructor rating and did a little teaching on the side back in the uh, 70, 71, and, uh, and then I parlayed that into a, going into the Navy. A guy showed up in a T-34B, and uh, before he could get to the FBO, he was surrounded by all the co-eds, and I said, I want your job. How do I get it? Uh, a couple of years later, I was signed up on my way to Naval Aviation. Never looked <laughs> back and had a time of my life. That's great. Well, speaking of your naval career, um, your call sign, Lights, is very interesting. Can you tell us uh, where that came from? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, being a young, aggressive, excited uh, kid in naval aviation, I was doing my level-headed best to, uh, to fly very aggressively and impress my commanding officer. And in doing such, uh, with very little experience and, well, let's just say, good common sense, maybe, um, I made several errors. So upon making the errors, uh, they were mounting up regularly, nothing dangerous, just stupid young junior officer mistakes. And they said, well, you know, you're kind of, you know, your last name is Lean House. It's kind of like a lighthouse, but I swear the lights are out. So they called me <laughs> Lights Out. <laughs> so well, I was, I was Lights Out for about three years until I finally got my act together and uh, and then they just dropped the name Lights Out, and as interesting as it may seem, and a little bit of irony maybe, I became the public affairs officer, and that's the guy that's, you know, taking the camera around, taking pictures, so I became Lights, Camera, Action. <laughs> that's great. So are you getting to do, this is Dave again, are you getting to do much flying these days, and, what, if, and if so, what kind of flying are you doing? Well, uh, yes, I am doing quite a bit of flying. Uh, my, I keep my 1941 Stearman that I own, personally, in the hangar right in the hangar that I'm in, so it's 50 feet away. If that, uh, we have a uh, Sun and Fun has a 182 that I use to do what I call my missionary work. Uh, I'm preaching in the Church of the High Speed Pass, so I fly around to all the EAA chapters and QBs and uh, special aviation interest groups and explain to them what Sun and Fun's really about and why we exist and that we're not just a once a year flying; that we really are a long, a year-round uh, program for the betterment of aviation, because our new moniker is bright, a brighter future through aviation. That's a brighter future through aviation, and we are developing that with our high school and college and even grade school with kids in cockpits. So, so I do fly that, and I also just brought down for the show, I just brought my 1930 Waco RNF down from Jacksonville in a 25-knot headwind. That took two and a half hours. Um, and it'll be parked down here and be part of my uh, stable of aircraft to fly. So to answer your question, I fly often for fun. Uh, when the mornings, when you, when you walk out here at 7 o'clock and it's dead calm and the sun's just coming across the horizon, it's a good way to start your day is to fire up a radio and go cruise around the pattern. 
Well, that's great. Thank you. We appreciate you taking some time here. I know it's a pretty crazy uh, uh, time out there at, uh, on the uh, Sun and Fun grounds, and, and we do appreciate it. Is there anything else about yourself or the fly-in that we haven't asked you about that you'd like to tell us? Well, I just tell you that I am honored and thrilled to be part of such an illustrious organization, and I'm glad that I got here at the time that I got here uh, to help evolve Sun and Fun into what it was truly designed to be, and that's going to be a, a, a clearinghouse of aviation uh, excellence for people to come from all around the world in all ages and the enthusiasts to find their aviation dream and help people find the, the enjoyment of life that I found by being in aviation my entire life and let them experience it and then build that next generation because Lord knows we need them as fast as we can build them. Look forward to seeing you again, and thanks for your time this evening. Well, thank you all very much. I look forward to seeing you. And you guys come on down and, uh, and say hi when you get in. Thank you. We will Thanks, do that. Mike. Thank you. We've been talking to uh, the president and CEO of the Sun and Fun Fly-In, John Lights Leanouts. Thank you, Lights. Hi, this is Jack Hodgson of the Uncontrolled Airspace Podcast. Jeb and Dave are here with me, but they are speechless with excitement about how close we're getting to this spring's Sun and Fun Fly-In. Just like we have for a few years now, we'll be working with the gang at Sun and Fun Radio to produce two full episodes from the grounds of the Fly-In. Not only will those episodes go out on our regular internet feed, but they'll be broadcast live on Sun and Fun Radio's AM frequency and their internet stream. Check the UCAP homepage for details on the times of our shows and information on how you can listen in live. And if you're at the fly-in, please stop by and say hi. We can't wait to get back together with our friends down in Lakeland and kick off the flying season with this year's spring break for pilots at the Sun and Fun Fly-In. Dave and Jeb, anything you'd like to add to that? Nope, still speechless. So we're back here. We're sitting. Uh, we're sitting poolside at uh, Shea Burnside's. What was it? The Hidden River Home for Wayward Aviators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, this is very pleasant. When does the entertainment show up? This is. For, that's, I'm sorry, we, David. You got in last night. I know. You're the entertainment, David. You're the entertainment. So uh, it was very cool of Lights to take a few minutes and talk with us. Uh, that well, was. I should have put on different shoes. That was. Yeah, I know. Bring your dance shoes, David. Bring your dance shoes. So it was very cool <laughs> of Lights to take some time and talk with us. And uh, what did you guys think about what he had to say? Uh, it was. Uh, I'm looking forward to the show. Um, I like I like the changes. Um, I had you know obviously no real concept of um, the the financial issues he's he's speaking of. But um, it's, it'll be interesting to see uh, um, how this plays out. Um, hearing about the aircraft he operates and, and how current a pilot he is, I wonder if he's ever thought about uh, this little uh, organization up in Wisconsin that we're fairly fond of. I wonder if he'd be interested in running that one for a while. Oh, you think? I don't know. I don't know. Well, Light, Lights impressed me last year, his first year with the fact that he recognized some things needed to be done and he kind of asserted some authority and got some things done which doesn't always go over easy with a crowd like this uh, as he alluded to but he further impressed me with the changes that have come along in the years since that shows that he really is trying to listen to the people behind it the volunteers the exhibitors and the people that come through the gate. And, you know, folks, that's that's not an easy juggling act by any means. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm, uh, I'm perpetually optimistic about this show. It's my oldest. It's my favorite. 
in in so many ways. Uh, I've, I've, they're all my favorite for different reasons. But uh, let me put it this way: the last few years, we've heard an abundance of forecasts from different sources predicting the demise of Sun and Fun as an influential player on the air show and the fly-in scene. And we've yet to see it really happen. Well, and I don't, I don't think it's going to. I think it's I got a bright future. I don't recall anyone outright predicting their demise. Um, they've certainly had some challenges uh, over the last several years. But so have, you know, so has uh, Oshkosh. So has uh, AOPA. So has uh, EAA. That's right. Uh, it's not, uh, you know, the, the one thing that's constant is change. Jeb is holding his. So I don't think people can hear this, all right? But I, it just continues to be music. There, there's a noise in the background. You can't hear it. But if you do hear it, what it is. So this is Jeb Burnside. This is the guy who, for years now, has made a part, one of his signature things is to be to be threatened by Skynet, all right, and the arrival of the robots. And yet he has more robots wandering around this house. You know, he's got his Roombas, and he doesn't have one Roomba. He doesn't have two. How many Roombas he's do you have? Fleet of Roombas. Roombas? Yeah. I have three Roombas. Three, only yeah. three? That three three Roombas and two Scubas. Sc- the Scuba is the, what we're hearing here. The no, no. Scuba's the floor washing machine. Oh, you have two of them. I've never seen those. Yeah. <laughs> Do you really? But okay. You know, in all the years that we've been seeing him, his, his Roombas yeah. r- roam around, uh-huh. they still only know the same steps. Yeah, well, that's... We'll talk about I'm that still later. waiting to see him Roomba in formation. And then he's got this pool Roomba thing. That's not a Roomba. That's a brand name, but yeah. it's a, like a Roomba for his for his pool. That's kind of currently. Well, it's been chasing the alligator around this. I know. Oh, you yeah. noticed that so. the alligator's been moving around a lot more yeah. since yeah. the little so. robot started. But every now and then the, the pool Roomba tries to escape, and that was the noise that you might have heard that you probably didn't hear. So, anyways, what were we talking about? Um, so, uh, sun and fun aviation. Um, I'm not clear on whether wasn't. Weren't the Thunderbirds planning to be there this time? And are they now? Do we know? I'm, I'm looking at the Sun and Fun website right now, and I, on the front page... I thought, this, I thought the birds canceled. Well, that's what I'm trying to confirm here. Go to ICAST or something and look for... Or just, you know... or Thunder, the ICAST thing? Thunderbirds schedule 2013. How's that? All right. com And uh, show season... The implementation of across-the-board cuts in federal spending has caused the curtailment of the Thunderbirds 2013 show schedule. Effective April 1, all of the team's performances have been canceled. Right. So, there we go. Well, that would... That's pretty... Scroll down for the... Yeah. Um, yeah, Lakeland, Florida. Yeah, uh, this, this is the, it says yeah. here, this yeah. this list that were previously on the Thunderbirds no, schedule. No, nothing against the Thunderbirds. They're impressive as, as, as can be. Nothing against the Blue Angels. But... A lot of us go to these shows for reasons other than the military demonstration teams, and those you. reasons continue. Yeah, no, it's going to be a great show. I mean, this is I, quite. I'm frankly, sorry, we'll miss them. I mean, it was really fun in the volunteers' campground a couple of years ago, standing there and watching yeah. the Thunderbirds come over at about 300 feet. Well, and we've done a couple of our daily episodes with the Thunderbirds right. and other lo- loud air show acts flying well, overhead. And, and uh, I tried to offer him a sandwich, but the guy waved and said no later. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, well, let's see now. We got a few odds and ends on the list here before we uh, before we shut this thing down and and head to Lake. You call that a sandwich? What do we got here, David? Who is Kenty McIntyre and Bevan Rabal? Kent. Ah, Kent's a, 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 an old friend and a uh, business owner 
who uh, runs Bevan Rebel Avionics Shop at Wichita Mid-Continent Airport. Kent was this year's Member of the Year Award recipient at the Aircraft Electronics Association convention out in Las Vegas that we were talking about with Jeb earlier. And I just wanted to give a shout-out to uh, what I think is a really strong avionics business. Sharp guys. I know several of the techs. I know Kent. Uh, Well-deserved, and congratulations. So on on a much sadder, very somber note here, it should not go without passing. So many people know that this podcast was born because we were, uh, the three of us are, 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 have been for some time members of the staff at the uh, Air Venture uh, Daily Newspaper. That's where I know you from. Yeah, and... uh, sadly, we lost one of our, our own this, this past week, I guess, um, Tom Richards, uh, who is, is not actually a pilot, but was a very, very dear member of that team, and uh, wrote a column on like one of the back pages where he wrote a sort of humorous take on various questions from attendees around the grounds. And uh, it was always just incredibly entertaining, but all ultimately ended up answering people's questions as well and uh, Tom was a was a terrific uh, uh, member of our community he hasn't been with us in a couple of years um, I think not unrelated to uh, to this news and uh, and we got news about a week or so ago that he's passed away um, after a long fight with cancer I believe and uh, there's um, just some people that make such a deep and firm impression that no matter how long it was since you last saw them or talked with them, uh, the news of their passing can't help but be a little affecting. And for me, personally, Tom Richards was one of those people. Well, he was was one of the the last old style reporters that uh, was still working I think yeah, yeah. at least at least for um, um, you know someone who came up from with his background and and never moved into electronic but stayed with print pretty much all his career I've missed having him on the paper the last few years uh, I kind of lament the, the idea that I won't see him sh- even showing up as a visitor yeah so our thoughts are with uh, Tom's family and his uh, yeah. close friends, and uh, we wish everyone well. His son, his and, daughter, uh, uh, all the people that knew him. Uh, the, the world is a, a slightly lesser place be- without him. I think you guys ought to go into the archive, dig out some of his old columns, and rerun them this summer yeah. at Air Adventure. Not a bad idea. Yeah. We talked a couple episodes ago about this cool new airship that is uh, nearing completion, and uh, uh, the story referred to it as being in a hangar in Tustin, and we were asking on the podcast where Tustin is. And listener Jarhead Pilot 82 in the forums uh, tells us that it is probably the uh, Marine Corps Air Station in Tustin, California. He says... I assume that the article was talking about the former Marine Corps Air Station Tustin, California, with its large blimp hangars. The hangars are huge and very easy to see when you're on final approach and landing to the south at John Wayne International Airport in Santa Ana, California. So uh, we thank uh, Jarhead Pilot 82 for filling us in on this. Although Champ Guy, uh, in the next posting here, uh, seems to think that Tillamook, Oregon, 
um, was a candidate as well. I, I think that's probably. I think Tustin, the uh, the naval air station Tustin, is probably where these, that blimp was. But apparently, there's another former blimp well, limp hanger in Oregon. The Tillamook. United States Navy was a real pioneer in in airships. As yeah. a matter of fact, uh, several years before the uh, Hindenburg, the I think it was the worst loss of life in an airship accident in history befell one of the uh, Navy ships off the coast of the Carolinas. And, uh, was that or off the coast of New Jersey? Not, yeah, I right. don't know. It was off the coast of right, New no, Jersey. No, it's here. It's, I should tell folks that we're normally when we do this podcast, we're all in our various homes, home offices, or whatever, with computers in front of us, searching browsers and you know looking things up on Google. And we're not doing that this time. Now only, he's making us depend on our memory. Only I have a computer in front of me, and even I'm not doing much googling here. But I am looking at the list, and we had an item here on the list that uh, says uh, that it was 80 years ago on April 4th, which is. Uh, Yesterday, yesterday. Um, that the USS Akron, uh, with 73 on board, was lost in a storm off of New Jersey. And uh, if I remember right, good, one of good riches, I mean, one of good years, good years, sorry, one of good years blimps is the spirit of Akron. Well, you were, that sounds familiar, actually, yeah. yeah. You were uh, just starting your career back then, weren't you? I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. So, anyways, thanks one to thing the about pilots and airships, they are such yeah. a gas. For this information about uh, about Tustin, Tustin is near, is uh, south of LA, the South LA area, Santa Ana. Uh, and I was worried it might have been a, a region in Italy. Well, it's probably that too. But, uh, what else we got here? Anything else on this list? Man, we're just kind of so. This is we're so laid back today, sitting around the pool. Well, isn't that the way this all started? Uh, it did. It Almost. did. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we're going to head out for, for for sushi. Maybe not tonight, or maybe tomorrow night, or something like that. But we're going to get our get our uh, one of our. Uh, it used to be our annual sushi, but now we get together way more often than annually, and uh, and still not often enough. Nope. Nope. Not nearly. Not nearly. Anyway, you folks, going to be at Sun and Fun. Come out and look us up. Yeah, absolutely. We love yeah. we love meeting with folks, and uh, the best way to track us down. There's been a lot of talk about whether there's going to be um, a, a UCAP meetup at uh, at Sun and Fun, and unfortunately, the answer is probably not a formal official one because, as Dave alluded to earlier, our schedules are really weird this year, and it's kind of hard to find a time that's going to work. But uh, as I mentioned in the forums, um, a few of our listeners are are sort of putting together informal get-togethers, and if they will just make sure we know about these. One or more of us will try and stop by. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I'm there for the duration. Yeah. And, and uh, so, and the other thing is, uh, if you want to just kind of try and track us down, the best chance to try and find one of us on the grounds, um, other than just searching all day long, is to stop by the radio station. The radio station is kind of our, our home base, and uh, and if you stop by there, you likely find one of us hanging out on the front deck, or you know, we we frequent that place for some reason. Yeah, it's, I think it must be the frequency. It's it's the waffles, man. It's the waffles. Anyways, shout outs. We got any shout outs here before we wrap this thing up and pack up and, and go to Lakeland? Anybody? I don't know, do we? No, I don't I don't know. Okay. <laughs> See, we're lost without the list. We're just lost without the list. Yeah, I think this may be other than the very first one, only the second podcast that at some point early on didn't include the phrase there's a list. Okay, we done? Fork? Fork. Stick. All right. That's Dave Higdon. Dave's an aviation photographer, an aviation journalist, and the U.S. editor for London's World Aircraft Sales Magazine. Uh, you been working on anything fun? You, anything coming out soon you can tell us about? Uh, I, I think so. Uh, <laughs> but you don't have your computer in front of you, so you're just... <laughs> 
I'm trying to think of what it's, it's it's the first week of April and I'm trying to remember what's out this week that I did six weeks ago I know that's the problem but uh, and because I don't have my computer in front of me the the real brains in my outfit is on a hard drive well in general where can people find the internet can you do that from buyer.com aea.net aviation safety magazine.com uh if you're a member of the right associations, you might even find me on some of their specialty publications. And on the Twitter, you're Real Higdon. There you go. Uh, at sign Real Higdon. Courtesy of Real Burnside. That's right. And that's Jeb Burnside. Jeb's a freelance aviation writer and editor, serving as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. How Is about- that what you do? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, how about you? What you been wearing? You're, you're, you're in, in the throes right now, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I'm... I'm um, up to my eyeballs in aviation safety. I'm up to my eyeballs in AEA uh, coverage, um, both of which are going to get done here in the next few days. Um, Got a couple of other projects ongoing. And sometime in in April, I might be able to take a day or two off. There you go. And on the Twitter, you are? On the Twitter, Burnside J. Mm -hmm. And I'm Jack Hodgson. I'm a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a new media producer. Check out my series of Kindle eBooks uh, around the field, volumes zero, one, and two. Yes, it's volume zero. There's a story there. Who and why? These are stories about the people, places, and planes of the Oshkosh fly-in. Uh, you can uh, read these uh, books on your Kindle devices or with the Kindle Reader software on your iPad or your laptop or desktop computer. And uh, learn more about those at uh, Amazon.com slash author slash Jack Hodgson. In general, learn more about me at JackHodgson.com, at AroundTheField.net, and at Twitter, uh, at sign Jack Hodgson. Big thanks to Jeff Ward for uh, continuing every every episode without fail to uh, put together our show notes and for being so uh, visible and present. And It'd be a thankless job if we didn't say thank you. <laughs> In the uh, forums, Jeff does a, does a lot for us there as well. And don't forget to uh, check out the rest of the UCAP website. You can chat with us directly and with many of your fellow listeners in the Uncontrolled Airspace forums. You can see who's doing what on the new ratings webpage of fame and much, much more. All of that is at uncontrolledairspace.com. David, are you going to say something? Key to long life is flying because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. Just look at us. Bye-bye. That's enough talking. Let's go flying. AMFFN. Much more. All of that is at uncontrolledairspace.com. David, were you going to say <laughs> Easy for you to say. All right. David, were you going to say something? Key to long. Not subtracted from your lifespan. Just look at us. Bye-bye. You say that this time. All right, that's enough talking. Let's go flying. AMFFN. All right, go ahead. That's enough talking. Let's go flying. That was good. Do it one more time. Up on the fly. That's enough talking. Let's go flying. That's enough talking. Let's go flying. This is scripted, right? So scripted. Can't you tell? <laughs> <laughs>